0: It's February 2nd, and this is the Reading Through the Bible Together podcast. My name is Blake Farley, and I am honored that you would take some time with me as we read through the one-year Bible plan in the New Living Translation. Today's Old Testament reading begins in Exodus chapter 15, verse 19, and it ends in Exodus chapter 17, verse 7. Exodus chapter 15, verse 19. When Pharaoh's horses, chariots, and charioteers rushed into the sea, the Lord brought the water crushing down on them. But the people of Israel had walked through the middle of the sea on dry ground. Then Merriman, the prophet, Aaron's sister, took a tambourine and led all the women as they played their tambourines and danced. And Merriman sang this song. Sing to the Lord, for he has triumphed gloriously. He has hurled both the horse and rider into the sea. So we see... um, right after the people are saved, they're drawn out of the water, what do they do? They praise God. And that's the same result uh, as Christ followers. We've been saved from uh, the wrath of God. We've been drawn out of the water by Jesus. And that's why we're known across the world as the singing faith. We, we love to sing, and uh, rightly so. Verse 22. Then Moses led the people of Israel away from the Red Sea, and they moved out into the desert of Shur. They traveled in this desert for three days without finding any water. When they came to the oasis of Marah, The water was too bitter to drink, so they called the place Mara, which means bitter. Then the people complained and turned against Moses. What are we going to drink, they demanded. So Moses cried out to the Lord for help, and the Lord showed him a piece of wood. Moses threw it into the water, and this made the water good to drink. It was there at Mara that the Lord set before them the following decree as a standard to test their faithfulness to him. He said, If you will listen carefully to the voice of the Lord your God and do what is right in his sight, obeying his commands and keeping all his decrees, then I will not make you suffer any of the diseases I sent on the Egyptians, for I am the Lord who heals you. After leaving Mara, the Israelites traveled on to the oasis of Elam, where they found 12 springs and 70 palm trees. They camped there beside the water. Moving into chapter 16, verse 1. Then the whole community of Israel set out from Elam and journeyed into the wilderness of Sin between Elam and Mount Sinai. They arrived there on the 15th day of the second month, one month after leaving the land of Egypt. There, too, the whole community of Israel complained about Moses and Aaron. If only the Lord had killed us back in Egypt, they moaned. There we set around pots filled with meat and ate all the bread we wanted. But now you have brought us into this wilderness to starve us all to death. Isn't it amazing how fast we can turn to complaining? <laughs> they literally just watched God split a sea and take out their enemies and we're not even, you know, a whole chapter removed from that and they're complaining. It's amazing. Verse 4. Then the Lord, and yet I do the same thing. Verse 4. Then the Lord said to Moses, "Look, I'm going to rain down food from heaven for you. Each day the people can go out and pick up as much food as they need for that day. I will test them in this to see whether or not they will follow my instructions." On the sixth day, they will gather food. and When they prepare it, there will be twice as much as usual. So Moses and Aaron said to all the people of Israel, By evening you will realize it was the Lord who brought you out of the land of Egypt. In the morning you will see the glory of the Lord, because he has heard your complaints, which are against him, not against us. What have we done that you should complain about us? Then Moses added, The Lord will give you meat to eat in the evening, and bread to satisfy you in the morning, for he has heard all your complaints against him. What have we done? Yes, your complaints are against the Lord, not against us. Then Moses said to Aaron, Announce this to the entire community of Israel. Present yourselves before the Lord, for he has heard your complaining. And as Aaron spoke to the whole community of Israel, they looked out toward the wilderness. There they could see the awesome glory of the Lord in the cloud. Then the Lord said to Moses, I have heard the Israelite complaints. Now tell them, In the evening you will have meat to eat, and in the morning you will have all the bread you want. Then you will know that I am the Lord your God. That evening, vast numbers of quail flew in and covered the camp. And the next morning, the area around the camp was wet with dew. When the dew evaporated, a flaky substance as fine as frost blanketed the ground. The Israelites were puzzled when they saw it. What is it? They asked each other. They had no idea what it was. And Moses told them, It is the food the Lord has given you to eat. These are the Lord's instructions. Each household should gather as much as it needs. Pick up two quarts for each person in your tent. So the people of Israel did as they were told. Some gathered a lot, some only a little. But when they measured it out, everyone had just enough. Those who had gathered a lot had nothing left over, and those who gathered only a little had enough. Each family had just what it needed. Then Moses told them, Do not keep any of it until the morning. But some of them didn't listen, and kept some of it until morning. But by then it was full of maggots and had a terrible smell. Moses was very angry with them. After this, the people gathered the food morning by morning, each family according to its need. And as the sun became hot, the flakes they had not picked up, melted and disappeared. On the sixth day, they gathered twice as much as usual, four quarts for each person instead of two. Then all the leaders of the community came and asked Moses for an explanation. He told them, this is what the Lord commanded. Tomorrow will be a day of complete rest, a holy Sabbath day set apart for the Lord. So bake or boil as much as you want today and set aside what is left for tomorrow. So they put some aside until morning, just as Moses had commanded. And in the morning, the leftover food was wholesome and good, without maggots or odor. Moses said, Eat this food today, for today is a Sabbath day dedicated to the Lord. There will be no food on the ground today. You may gather the food for six days, but the seventh day is the Sabbath. There will be no food on the ground that day. Some of the people went out anyway on the seventh day, but they found no food. The Lord asked Moses, How long will these people refuse to obey my commands and instructions? They must realize that the Sabbath is the Lord's gift to you. That is why he gives you a two-day supply on the sixth day. i want to read that again. The Sabbath is the Lord's gift to you. How often do we see God's commands as obligations, not gifts? It's always been that way. And it was that way even here in the book of Exodus. God's like, I'm trying to give you a day of rest, and you don't want to rest. And the same is true with all of God's law. It's there for our good. Continuing on in verse 29. So, There will be enough for two days. On the Sabbath day, you must each stay in your place. Do not go out to pick up food on the seventh day. So the people did not gather any food on the seventh day. The Israelites called the food manna. It was white like coronary seed, and it tasted like honey wafers. Then Moses said, This is what the Lord has commanded. Fill a two-quart container with manna to preserve it for your descendants then later generations will be able to see the food i gave you in the wilderness when i set you free from egypt moses said to aaron get a jar and fill it with two quarts of manna then put it in a sacred place before the lord to preserve it for all future generations aaron did just as the lord had commanded moses he eventually placed it in the ark of the covenant in front of the stone tablets inscribed with the terms of the covenant so the people of israel ate manna for 40 years until they arrived at the land where they would settle. They ate manna until they came to the border of the land of Canaan. The container used to measure the manna was an omer, which was one-tenth of an ephah. It held about two quarts. Moving into chapter 17, verse 1. At the Lord's command, the whole community of Israel left the wilderness of Sin and moved from place to place. Eventually, they camped at Rephidim, but there was no water there for the people to drink. So once more, the people complained against Moses. Give us water to drink, they demanded. "'Quiet,' Moses replied. "'Why are you complaining against me? "'And why are you testing the Lord?' "'But tormented by thirst, they continued to argue with Moses. "'Why did you bring us out of Egypt? "'Are you trying to kill us, our children, and our livestock with thirst?' "'Then Moses cried out to the Lord, "'What should I do with these people? "'They are ready to stone me.' "'The Lord said to Moses, "'Walk out in front of the people. "'Take your staff, the one you used when you struck the water of the Nile, "'and call some of the elders of Israel to join you. "'I will stand before you on the rock at Mount Sinai.' strike the rock and water will come gushing gushing out. Then the people will be able to drink. So Moses struck the rock as he was told and water gushed out as the elders looked on. Moses named the place Masa, which means test and Meribah, which means arguing because the people of Israel argued with Moses and tested the Lord by saying, is the Lord here with us or not? And that concludes our Old Testament reading. Moving on, To the New Testament Matthew chapter 22 verses 1 through 33 Matthew 22 verse 1 Jesus also told them other parables he said the kingdom of heaven can be illustrated by the story of a king who prepared a great wedding feast for his son when the banquet was ready he sent his servants to notify those who were invited but they all refused to come so he sent other servants to tell them the feast has been prepared the bulls and fattened cattle have been killed and everything is ready Come to the banquet. But the guests he had invited ignored them and went their own way, one to his farm and another to his business. Others seized his messengers and insulted them and killed them. The king was furious, and he sent out his army to destroy the murderers and burn their town. And he said to his servants, The wedding feast is ready, and the guests I invited aren't worthy of honor. Now go out to the street corners and invite everyone you see. So the servants brought in everyone they could find, good and bad alike and the banquet hall was filled with guests. But when the king came in to meet the guests, he noticed a man who wasn't wearing the proper clothes for a wedding. Friend, he asked, how is it that you are here without wedding clothes? But the man had no reply. Then the king said to his aides, bind his hands and feet and throw him into the outer darkness, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. For many are called, but few are chosen. Then the Pharisees met together to plot how to trap Jesus into saying something for which he could be arrested. They sent some of their disciples, along with the supporters of Herod, to meet with him. Teacher, they said, We know how honest you are. You teach the way of God truthfully. You are impartial and don't play favorites. Now tell us what you think about this. Is it right to pay taxes to Caesar or not? But Jesus knew their evil motives. You hypocrites, he said. Why are you trying to trap me? Here, show me the coin used for the tax. When they handed him a Roman coin, he asked, whose picture and title are stamped on it. Caesar's, they replied. Well then, he said, give to Caesar what belongs to Caesar and give to God what belongs to God. His reply amazed them and they went away. That same day, Jesus was approached by some Sadducees, religious leaders who say there is no resurrection from the dead. They posed this question, teacher, Moses said if a man dies without children, his brother should marry the widow and have a child who will carry on the brother's name. Well, suppose there were seven brothers, the oldest one married and then died without children. So his brother married the widow, but the second brother also died, and the third brother married her. This continued with all seven of them. Last of all, the woman also died. So tell us, whose wife will she be in the resurrection? For all seven were married to her. Jesus replied, Your mistake is that you don't know the scriptures, and you don't know the power of God. For when the dead rise, they will neither marry nor be given in marriage. In this respect... They will be like the angels in heaven. But now as to whether there will be a resurrection of the dead, haven't you ever read about this in the scriptures? Long after Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob had died, God said, I am the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. So he is the God of the living, not the dead. When the crowds heard him, they were astounded at his teaching. And that moves us on into our Proverbs of the day. Proverbs 6, verse 20. Through 26. Proverbs 6, verse 20. My son, obey your father's commands and don't neglect your mother's instruction. Keep their words always in your heart, tie them around your neck. When you walk, their counsel will lead you. When you sleep, they will protect you. When you wake up, they will advise you, for their command is a lamp and their instruction is a light. Their corrective discipline is the way to life. It will keep you from the immoral woman, from the smooth tongue of a promiscuous woman. Don't lust for her beauty. Don't let her coy glances seduce you. For a prostitute will bring you to poverty, but sleeping with another man's wife will cost you your life. And finally, we will now be reading Psalm 27 in a posture of prayer. This is the 27th Psalm, a Psalm of David, verse 1. The Lord is my light and my salvation, so why should I be afraid? The Lord is my fortress, protecting me from danger, so why should I tremble? Lord, thank you uh, that I have you in my corner. Thank you, Lord, that you are my light and my salvation, and you've taken care of the biggest thing in my life, which is sin and death. Through Jesus, who came and lived the life I couldn't live, died the death I deserved to die, and rose again, inviting me into eternal life, inviting me to take part in his kingdom. Lord, uh, I forget this, and I do get afraid, and I tremble. I thank you for people in my life, and I thank you for your word that will remind me that I have no reason for fear. Verse 2. When evil people come to devour me, when my enemies and foes attack me, they will stumble and fall. Though a mighty army surrounds me, my heart will not be afraid. Even if I am attacked, I will remain confident. The one thing I ask of the Lord, the thing I seek the most, is to live in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, delighting in the Lord's perfections and meditating in His temple. For He will conceal me there when troubles come. He will hide me in His sanctuary. He will place me out of reach on a high rock. Then I will hold my head high above my enemies who surround me. At his sanctuary, I will offer sacrifices with shouts of joy, singing and praising the Lord with music. Yes, Lord, I thank you that this prayer is true for me because of what Christ Jesus has done on my behalf. I love you, Lord, and I praise you. Amen. Thank you for joining me for today's reading. and I hope to see you back here tomorrow as we continue our journey reading through the Bible together.